0: Welcome to my bishop contact by my grandpa. Welcome to a special podcast by Charles Adonetto.
1: This conference will now be recorded.
0: Welcome to our latest um, video and podcast. Uh, I do have uh, Judge Keith Russell present with us. And before you ask, no, this is not eligible for COJet credit. There are no materials. Uh, This is just, um, as for a reason that'll become clear, we just wanted to talk to Judge Russell. For those of you who don't know, Judge Russell has submitted his retirement papers. He will be retiring um, at the end of the year. And so I'm calling this an exit interview. I I do want to get some wisdom from Judge Russell. Uh, As you know, Judge Russell was also the presiding justice of the peace in Maricopa County for four years. Uh, So he just, and he's had other elected uh, positions and and we'll go into that. So uh, I really hope you'll enjoy this. And uh, Judge Russell was um, willing to do this on video as well as audio. So if you want the YouTube link, uh, email me and I'll send you that uh, top secret YouTube link. Uh, And let's go ahead and get going. Uh, Judge Russell, uh, why don't you tell us about your background before we start?
1: Sure. Thank you, Charlie. And and it's great to be here with you today. Um, Going back before my first election, or at least the first election where I won, because I've had one where I lost, um, I used to be a real estate appraiser. I graduated from ASU from the real estate department. Um, I earned my MAI designation, which meant that I did a lot of commercial properties around the state of Arizona. I love Arizona. I got to travel a lot, see a lot of the different corners and explore different places. It was a wonderful 20 years. But then um, an opportunity came because of that real estate bra- background to, become, uh, to run for the Maricopa County Assessors position. And I did that, I ended up winning two additional races, so I was elected three times to that position. It was a great job, got to meet and, and learn a lot, meet good people. I actually talked yesterday to the Board of Supervisors when they were accepting my resignation. They gave me a chance in their public meeting to talk. And I, I mentioned to them, that as the assessor, I used to try to get out and talk to groups of people every couple of weeks. And the one thing that I consistently tried to do during that time was to let people know about the good public servants at Maricopa County. I have just been so amazed. Yes, we, we have a few people who get in the news for not very smart decisions, but there are so many good people clerks in this office or this department, all the way up to the heads of those departments. I have just been so fortunate and so grateful to have a chance to get to know, to get to work with, and and learn from so many of these people. After being the assessor for about eight years, a little over eight years, an opportunity came to be the JP in the East Mesa Justice Court. I was excited about that opportunity.
0: That, yes, that was after one of the not so intelligent decisions by an elected official that that you just referenced.
1: It absolutely was. An opening came up because of a poor choice on, some, on, on the former JP's part. Um, and so I was appointed to come out to East Mesa back in June of 2013 and have been here since, have had three elections here. Um, this has been a good opportunity. This has been a, a, a learning opportunity, quite frankly, for me. I have been able to talk to people here, and, and yesterday I was talking to somebody about the things that you learn as a judge that the public doesn't know. One of the things is, is you get a great appreciation for law enforcement. Law enforcement really cuts people a lot of breaks on the street. I don't know how anybody else would be aware of that, but when you're reading those tickets day in, and day out, year after year, you get a real sense of the compassion, the the uh, willingness to work with people. Frequently, that requires some willingness on the person's part who got the ticket. But if people work with law enforcement, I've just been amazed at how well or how kind they are in many, many respects. You get to see behind the curtain in these kind of positions, and I'm not sure the public understands all of the the nuances, the things that have to be managed, but all of the good that gets done. It's been a wonderful opportunity. So. I've had 17 years, or I will have at the end of this year, with the county. That's probably enough, um, and and I'm excited to turn a new page and and get started somewhere else. But I appreciate the chance to talk about some of those experiences on the way out the door.
0: Well, and you also had the privilege of being able to serve as the presiding justice of the peace for four years. I did. You're, I was associate for two. The associate
1: for two, the presider for four. That means that out of my eight years in the justice courts, um, I had an opportunity to peek behind the screen, look under the covers, if you will, at how things get operating, um, how they're managed in the justice courts for six of those years. And that's been a wonderful opportunity. We, We have great people who work in the justice courts. The clerks that I've met and you in your position, Charlie, you get to know a lot of the people. There are just so many good people in this organization who truly are good public servants. I I had a friend in the assessor's office who used to say, and I think it's worth repeating, there is honor in public service. And we've got great people in the public service
0: and the justice courts. Great. Well, let's back up to your appointment when you were appointed uh, to the JP position in East Mesa. What surprised you the most about the JP job after your appointment? You know,
1: I I had been the assessor. I think that was a more traditional elected position in running an organization. organizing, you're delegating, you are having people follow up with you, but you are not necessarily doing production. When you think about the assessor's job, the recorder's job, maybe even the sheriff's job or the county attorney's job, you're not really doing production, you're doing leadership. In justice court, you're doing production. My court is not one of the busier courts of our courts. I'm about in the middle, but there are 10,000 plus cases a year that need to come through this court and need to have decisions made on them. This is a production operation as well as leadership for the court, the court staff. Um, And I think that surprised me as much as anything. I was also surprised at the independence of each of our courts. We are a collection and we operate together, we share resources, we work and support each other in the 26 justice courts. But the independence of each court is important to the overall structure and the ability of each court to remain a local community court, if you will, um, responsible to the folks who live in the neighborhood that you
0: you reside in. All right. And if you had the opportunity to start over, what would you do differently? You know, and
1: I, I share this with, with people who want to become JPs, people who are new JPs, old JPs. It's never too late to start. Because this is production, you do see the same things over and over again. I would be more organized. I I go to Charlie as our education officer. and Bless his heart, he's very kind to me. I don't know that a week passes that I don't reach out to Charlie with a question on how to manage something, because we see, see so many unique situations. But the situations repeat. And if you haven't heard or thought about something for six months, you may not remember, what you had to learn six months ago. Investing time in yourself and your court to keep it as organized and as structured helps your pro-tems when they're here, helps you, helps the whole production that we were talking about move forward in a consistent fashion. I think that was the, the one thing I would probably really make a bigger
0: investment on. Okay. what did you enjoy, the, the, well, and you're still doing it till the end of December, what did you enjoy the most about the job or do you enjoy the most about the job? You know, I think it's the
1: people. It's it's the staff, but it's also the litigant. You do see a mixture of people. You know, there there's some frequent flyers who your heart aches for because they don't seem to be able to make the changes to keep them out of court. Um, But you also see people who probably you'll never see again, who are somewhat in awe. They haven't been to court. It's a new experience. You get to interact with them and help them understand the process. You see people in all different positions and walks of life. And quite frankly, in Different challenges, most people don't come to court unless they're getting married because it's a good situation. There's a challenge, and you get to see people who are struggling and some of them are rising above those challenges. Some of them need some help and need some reassurance. It's an opportunity to work with people. People is the best part of this job.
0: Thank you. And what do you enjoy the least about being a justice of the peace?
1: Evictions at Christmas time.
0: How about evictions, gotta, during <laughs> evictions during the pandemic?
1: Evictions during the pandemic. The, the reality, again, is nobody comes to court in a happy situation very often. The consequences and and we frequently try to help people understand that we recognize if somebody's being evicted, that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It means that their finances are problematic probably, or something else happened that, that caused the eviction. Um, evictions tear at your heartstrings. They do. I I probably, Decades after I leave the court we will remember a few of those eviction cases where I I hope I did the right thing under the law. I hope I represented the people in East Mesa who voted for me appropriately, but they were hard decisions to make and people in difficult and challenging spots where I wish I could be more than the judge. You almost wish you could be a social worker, and go out there and help them move, and help them find a job, or help you. You can't. Every everybody has a part to play in life's pageant, and as a judge, you need to be careful that you don't exceed your boundaries. But your heart does bend sometimes and want to help people.
0: All right, and. What advice do you have for new judges?
1: Play it straight. You you have rules, you have statutes, you have rules. You have great support, both from AOC, from Charlie and the education that we provide here at, at Maricopa County with the Justice of the Peace Association there is wonderful support and information but you will have points in your career where you were where you will be tempted not to follow the rules and it may be because your heart's breaking it may be because of whatever reason play it straight the first day the last day and every day in between do the job honorably Um, and and you will be able to enjoy the experience. It's like any other job, you're you're not gonna be perfect at it. If you give it your best effort, if you do what you think is right, you'll be able to go home and sleep at night and feel good about
0: it. All right, and and I tried to find a way to phrase this gently, but what about advice for not-so-new judges?
1: Not-so-new judges. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for the time that you spend with your peers. Even even, And we have some people who engage more and engage less, but even those who engage less probably are engaging with their peers in places even I as a presider was not aware of. Thank you for that. Be helpful. Be supportive. We all need that camaraderie. We all need that interaction. We all need the resource. Again, Charlie's a wonderful resource, but the truth is there's 26, 25 other JPs out there. They have great experience. They can be a great help to you in and, and managing the challenges that you're going to find doing your job. Um, let me encourage those who have been here for a while to remember their peers, engage with them, support them, take advantage of their support in exchange. Um, it, it it It's a lot of fun being in leadership because you get to interact with pretty much all the judges, and every single one of them has talents. They're not all the same. This one may be really good in one area, and this one may be really good in another area, but as you learn those different resources, it's amazing how robust a bench we have. It's amazing how many good, caring, people engage and participate i encourage you to do the same
0: and um how do you oh uh, what advice do you have for those people who may be interested in applying uh, for the remainder of your term at east mesa or then interested in running for that position in the next year
1: if somebody's thinking about being a jp Probably the first thing I think of is temperament. Being on the bench isn't easy. When you've got litigants in front of you who are frustrated, who are getting more frustrated as the court or the trial proceeds, it's your job to manage that challenging environment. You need to be patient. You need to enjoy working with people and helping them in challenging situations. Somebody who's going to get frustrated. This may not be the best job for him. So temperament is critical. Quite frankly, the most complaints that the judicial commission gets, um, the conduct judicial conduct commission. I'm not going to say that quite right today on a Friday, but get deal with um, temperament um, on the bench. People getting frustrated. It's easy to do, and every one of us will do it. Um, but then you have to re- you have to enjoy reading, quite frankly. I remember talking to people about law school and the thing that I heard the most was, don't go to law school unless you like to read. There's a lot of reading that's involved. Um, again, this is production. It's not sitting in meetings and telling other people what to do. It's rolling up your sleeve and reading those briefs, reading those motions, doing research if you have to, making rulings. Writing is important. You don't have to be a great writer, but you will have to write a little bit and explain your position. Um, it, It is a good job. It's a wonderful experience if you like those things that the job involves but if that's not your forte, it may not be the place you ought to be thinking about ending up.
0: And what about the process of running for the office?
1: Running elections is challenging and the judiciary as the third branch of government is the least political if you will of of the three I, in my mind anyhow. But JPs run partisan election races. That means that you're going to be running as either a Republican or as a Democrat, probably. You're going to be engaging with other people who are running in those respective parties. There is campaigning. There is fundraising, unless you can self-fund your own campaign. At the end of the day, the person who gets the most votes wins. So how do you get votes? You go out there and you shake hands, you meet people. There is a lot of investment that's required on getting the voters in your precinct to know who you are and to get them willing to cast a vote for you. And this happens every four years. It's not something that you do once and then you're set. You end up repeating that same process, getting on the ballot is not easy. It requires getting a number of signatures and every one of our courts is a little different with how many signatures you've got to get to get on the ballot. But you don't even get on the ballot unless you get enough ballot signatures to get there. And that's a big investment on your part.
0: And you, you kind of addressed this uh, with your prior answers of talking about some of, of the stresses in the courtroom How do you handle conflict in the courtroom?
1: The courtroom is a challenging place because when you walk in, you never know what really is facing you in that room. You have to be able to roll with what happens in front of you. One of the things that that I try to tell new judges is remember though, you're the one who's in charge. So you have an obligation for the room, but because you're in charge, you also have more flexibility than anyone else in that room. You don't have to be the first one to talk. You don't have to be talking a lot in the middle. You're always going to get the last word. Remember that, you're the one who's the decision maker. Let the parties do their job They will present the case to you or the issues to you. Be patient with them. Ask them questions when you need to, but let them do their job and then remember what your job is and manage that. Now, there are times when you have to get more firm, there's times when you have to give more help. We see a lot of self represented litigants. These folks frequently will say to me and my peers, judge, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not sure what to do. That's typical. I I like to say I can explain process to them. I cannot give them legal advice, but I can explain process to them. A civil case starts with a complaint. The complaint has to be served on the other party. I can talk to them about the options that they have but they're the ones who have to make the decisions. So when somebody wants, for example, in the middle of a trial, wants to get an exhibit accepted into the official court record, they're probably not going to know how to do that. You're going to have to help them with process, but they're the ones who decide whether they want to dent it or not. They're the ones who decide whether or not they want to even talk to the court about a particular document or exhibit or whatever it is. So it is a lot of helping, a lot of patience, a lot of, and and, and and I don't mean this disrespectfully at all, but sometimes you have to help people and remind them what you're there for. And I sometimes will say, I appreciate grandma's cookie recipe may be the very best in the world, But if it doesn't relate to the eviction that we're dealing with today, you don't need to tell me about it. Um, You have to help them stay on track. You're the traffic cop, but you're also the decision maker. You need to be paying attention. You need to be keeping things organized, making sure that you've dotted the I's and crossed the T's. Criminal cases, quite frankly, are for at least me some of the easiest cases I deal with because the law spells out if you meet A, B, C, and D, somebody's guilty. And if you only meet A and B, they may not be guilty, but you got to keep track that each one of those benchmarks have been met um, as you go through the process. So it is good, it is rewarding, but it also at times Requires patience.
0: All right. And um, how do you handle conflict in the office?
1: Conflict in the office is is no different than conflict in any office. It's challenging. Everybody's, everybody is unique. Everybody has talents. Everybody has areas they're not as strong in. Um, as a JP, fortunately, at least, in, in all of our courts, we have managers who help work with our staff, um, but but staff are, are just like everybody else. They're gonna have better days. They're gonna have worse days. They're gonna have days that their peers and their leadership are gonna need to be patient with them. Don't get too frustrated or at least express your frustrations too quickly, too harshly, remember there's tomorrow, there's next week. Part of management is recognizing that it requires a certain degree of compromising and support on everyone's part for things to come together. Being right as a judge is part of the job. You're the decision maker in there. You're representing the people who live in your precinct, making decisions in enforcing the laws of, of the state, of the municipality, of the county. But when it comes to working with staff, you're also having to m- remember that it's a longer term relationship and that relationship needs to be protected. As the presider, I've had an opportunity to watch a number of our JPs work with their staff. Um, it's the, the, the justice of the peace is the hiring authority. They're the decision maker with staff. But just like in every other area, there are some who are great managers and there are some who it's harder for them. We try to help backfill so if that's not something that you're as comfortable with, if that's something that is harder for you, we really do try to be supportive and help that JP be successful in managing the challenge with the staff. You need to reach out to the administrator. You need to reach out to HR. Utilize the tools that we have available to help you be successful And with those and a little patience, you absolutely will be successful, whether you enjoy that part
0: of the job or not. And and I'm gonna dig a little deeper here and and provide some background that some of our viewers or listeners might not be aware of. But when you became the presiding justice of the peace in Maricopa County, it's kind of safe to call the bench divided at that point. It, It was, A very close election. You took over, you won that election, and two years later you were reelected unanimously. How did you pull that off? You know,
1: I again we have good people on our bench and we have talented people on our bench. They're all human, but they're good people um respecting your peers is the foundation of any good long-term relationship and recognizing that just because something may not be as important to me doesn't mean it's not very important to someone else and there are a lot of good things with only 24 hours in the day we all have to pick and choose and say, I'm gonna invest my time here because this is what's important to me. But that doesn't mean there aren't other important things out there. And if other people are working there, good for them. That makes us all stronger. Recognizing that it is a team. I think one of the things, and and Charlie, I need to say that, that your position has helped tremendously with this, the additional, interactions that you have helped provide during the pandemic have been very helpful with this. We need opportunities to, first of all, get to know each other, to get to respect each other, to get to recognize those talents that each other has. That builds a more collegial group who can help and support. Um, But let's be honest, I, I I got to work with 25 other really great people. All I did was help support them. And I think that they were the ones who became more supportive of each other uh, over those first few years.
0: And, and just for our, our viewers and listeners, uh, Judge Russell did not know that question was coming. So thank you for handling that well. I uh, and And at this point, I also I just want to say thank you for your leadership. Um, it was a divided bench. You did manage to to calm the waters, and uh, your leadership was just amazing. And um, you're going to be missed. I'll, I'll repeat that again at the end. But but uh, I really wish I could talk you into unretiring. All right, let's let's uh, lighten the mood uh, with a question. You do expect, and what was your funniest courtroom incident?
1: Any JP is going to have a long list of stories. You know, we we see things that could only happen in justice court, and probably they happen in other courts too. But but it's just amazing the stories that can be told. Um, one of my favorite stories about protective orders. I had a couple of roommates, they were they were both in a, a residence, renting some rooms, and there was friction, as there often is, and it had gotten to the point where they were in court because of that friction, asking for a protective order. And partway through, one of the litigants stood up, threw their arms up in the air and said, that's it, I can't take it anymore. Meth addicts are absolutely the worst. You guys are terrible. And he started to tell me all the horrible things about people who use meth. And the other one listened for a second. And then he stood up and threw his arms in the air. And he said, no, we're not. You heroin addicts are the worst. And then he proceeded to tell me about all the horrible things or habits of heroin. Had. And, and then I'm sitting here watching these two litigants try to convince me which one is worth, meth or heroin. Only in court would you see something like that and and bless their hearts. They were both frustrated. They you know, who knows what their situation was. But you see you hear some unusual things. Um, I had I had one situation and and I always talk to new judges about being careful and putting yourself in the best position to be successful that means setting the stage for your success your staff helps you set the stage for that success my staff in one situation for one trial allowed somebody to come in the courtroom who was not appropriately attired it was problematic i had i had a a, a plaintiff who needed considerably more clothes so I'm trying to conduct the trial by looking at only half of the room so that people don't think that I am looking where I shouldn't be looking. The simple stress of that is enough to put it, what is already a difficult situation, worse. But not only did that create a problem, both litigants, both sides of the trial had brought a crowd with them to watch the trial. Partway through the trial, one one side screamed. There was an actual scream in the courtroom. And then everybody stood up on that side with their fists clenched. Everybody on the other side of the room stood up with their fists clenched, fist clenched. I thought I was going to have a fight, a brawl in my gallery. I. Slam my hand down on the bench and and it's your job to manage the courtroom and you don't want to do this very often, but I had to raise my voice and instruct people to sit down and be quiet, but I slammed my hand down on the bench because I don't have a gavel up there i I never used a gavel. I slammed my hand down on the bench so hard I had one of those surreal moments. there was a pen on the bench. And that pen went flying up in the air. And it was in slow motion. I watched the pen go up. I'm thinking, it's gonna fall down. I'm gonna have to go on the other side to collect it. It hung in the air for a second. It came back down and landed in exactly the same spot. And I was so shocked by the pen, it took me a couple of moments before I was able to turn my attention back to the crowd who now was a little bit more under control. And here's the amazing part of that story. I went and listened to the FDR, watched it. You can see the pen go up. You can see it stop. You can see it come back down and land on the bench. The point is though, it was challenging because of many situations that could have been managed and trying to manage too many things is more difficult than only what you have to. Go ahead. You were going to say something.
0: Well, I was going to say we also nowadays have the uh, additional uh, consideration of someone not appropriately dressed uh, on, on a virtual appearance, or the camera not pointing in, in the correct place. So that that adds a, an additional challenge. Um, you know, my, one of my coping mechanisms was. Uh, Oh, the first time I protend, I got a call from the judge that I protend for the next day, and he said, "Charlie, what happened to all my paper clips?" Because uh, I was just <laughs> on the bench pending all the paper clips, and i I've cured that habit I, I don't do that anymore, but all right, um, you know, i i
1: I bring in cough drops, and I have them on the bench because if you're talking so much, you don't want your voice to go out in the middle of a long session. It is doing the things to help you be successful ahead of time before you ever get started, as well as managing it through the process.
0: Go ahead. So we'll we'll lighten the mood even more. Um, You're retired, you're gonna have more, retiring, you're gonna have more free time on your hands. Uh, People may not know this, but you are an avid fisherman. So where is the best place, your favorite place to fish?
1: the most recent collection i just got let's see if i can hold it up if you it's a little fish with a santa claus hat oh yeah somebody just gave me um you know we are very very fortunate in arizona there are so many neat things within a half a day's drive of of the valley of the sun Um, I told you, as a real estate appraiser, I got around the state. I got to see a lot of places. Quite frankly, I got to fish a lot of places when I was traveling, but that's been a number of years. I look forward to going back and and visiting some of them. In my opinion, the prettiest lake in the state is Lee Valley. If anyone ever gets a chance to go see Lee Valley, it's a little bit down the road from the road that turns into the Sunrise Ski Resort. Just don't make the turn, keep going, and it's about four or five miles farther down. It's one of the highest elevation lakes that we have, but it is just beautiful. Um, Up on the rim, Canyon Creek, which is a little bit before you get to Heber. There's a dirt road, the Young Heber Road, they call it, you can take. And there's a side road that goes off to Canyon Creek. The OW Ranch is down there. There's a fish hatchery down there the the canyon creek area is probably i think the most one of the most beautiful places we have in the state it actually gets as much snow in the winter time as they do at sunrise because the elevation change when the when the wet moisture the clouds have to go up over the rim they get on top and they drop and right there close to the edge not too far up from it some of those canyons just are very high with moisture. They're, they're, they're beautiful, a lot of wonderful vegetation, so.
0: And all those places were in Arizona. If, when, if you were to leave the state to go on a fishing trip, what would that destination be?
1: I love to go to Mexico fishing for largemouth bass. I love to go to Idaho and fish the Snake River or Wyoming in the Madison River. Um, I have been spending time up north the last few years more. Um, it is beautiful. Uh, it is exciting. It's new country for me. But Mexico is an exciting place. Um, for many years, there's a large group that goes down to Mexico, freshwater up in the mountains, largemouth bass fishing. And, and a good day can be 200 fish in the boat a good day is measured by how hard how bad your arms ache and how tired your fingers are because you've just caught more fish than you have the strength to manage they can be exciting trips
0: all right um and tell us what is left to do on your bucket list
1: you know the truth is and i was thinking about this i want to go back and do everything i've done before <laughs> i'm I'm almost 67 i'm getting to that point where i really don't remember what it was like to fish in a certain place so i want to go and do it again but but arizona again um from from the white mountains down to southern arizona there's some lakes down there i've never been on patagonia is one that i want to go and spend time with um willow Willow Beach on the Colorado River um up in the northwest corner of the state i've I've read about it for years and never had the opportunity to go and spend time there. There are pockets of the state that I haven't visited that are on that bucket list, but there's a lot of them like um uh Canyon de Chez that I want to go back and and spend time with. I'm leaving next week to go visit family in Colorado Springs. And I'm gonna to get to drive I-40 in the Eastern part of the state. And it's been a while since I've been there and we will have a chance to go and and probably, I I have a bad habit. I take three times as long to get most places because there's too many things to see in between. I like to wander a little bit, but I'll get off the road, probably spend a little bit of time in the petrified uh, forest up there in Painted Desert. Um, We're just so fortunate to live in such a diverse area. If you haven't been out there enjoying it, you ought to. If you have been, you ought to keep going. That's my goal.
0: And your your answer just raved about Arizona. So born and raised in Arizona.
1: Okay, you've you've opened the door. I'll tell you a story, Charlie. I tell on the on the campaign trail. I was born two miles away from where my dad was born. My dad was born in the house his mother was born in. Her mother, his mother was born in the house her father built on the homestead he perfected. I now live eight miles away from that homestead at Alma School in Main Street. I have got a granddaughter in my basement. That means in six generations, we have only moved eight miles. Oh, We're wow. a rather boring bunch of people, but but we've got a long history here.
0: It's, it's like you're on home detention and you can only go eight miles away. Uh, well, tell us something else we don't know about you.
1: you know i i sometimes will joke my wife i i I'm very fortunate i've I've got a wonderful wife we've got three kids um I tease her sometimes that she thinks she's more political than I am because her great great grandpa was mesa's first mayor, and I tell her yes, that's true, but my great great grandpa had to finish his first term in office because mine was the vice mayor and he became the second mayor of Mesa. Her great-great-grandpa left um, partway through his term. So uh, there's there's deep roots, there's a deep love. I was talking with a neighbor this morning when I graduated high school in Mesa. Mesa had 76,000 people in it. We are now a half a million plus. We have seen so many changes and and I am fortunate. I have got my father's diary. I've got his mother's diary. I've got her mother's diary. And as I read through those generations in the East Valley and what they thought was happening in their lifetime, they all thought they had seen the growth. It was, it was ready to stop. And we continue to, to grow more the future of the valley is exciting. Um we're going to because of actual physical geographical limitations and ownership li- limitations of land, there're going to be some changes in how we grow, but we will continue to grow and evolve. This is a wonderful place to live. Um and and I'm so so appreciative to be able to be part of it and have had a chance as both the assessor and now as a judge to watch the government that supports those who live here. It's been great experience.
0: Thank you. We're we're coming toward the end and and I'm going to ask a question that we asked during jury selection. Uh, Anything that I didn't ask that I should have asked or that you think we need to know?
1: you know we've covered a lot of ground i i will reinforce yes let me let me let me end with this you know the pendulum swings and and right now in some ways it feels like the pendulum has swung towards a little bit more of an aggressive um challenging interaction in almost every area, um, whether it's politics, whether it's work, whether it's dealing with your neighbors or uh, the the people who own the the grocery store down the street. I, I would encourage people to slow down and be a little bit more patient with their neighbors, with their friends, with their peers, Everyone has strengths, everyone has weaknesses. If we focus on the weaknesses, it's easy to be frustrated. If we focus on the strengths, life gets more enjoyable. My dad used to talk about, there are people who are constructive and there are people who are destructive. Everybody's got a little bit of both of them in us. But if we make a conscious effort to be supportive of those around us, if we make a conscious effort to be constructive in our discussions, if we make a conscious effort to be more kind with our criticism. The thing about life is, is it changes not only our world, but the people around us' world who we care about. I, I've mentioned I've got a grandbaby in the basement. Um, I, I wonder what kind of a world they're going to have and the world that they're going to have depends upon you and me and whether or not we make an investment in ourselves and in those we care about and those we interact with. And I know it sounds Pollyanna-ish. I used to joke sometimes in bench meeting that my attitude felt like I was being a Pollyanna, but. I believe it. I believe the investment that we all make in each other matters. And and I need to end by saying thank you to you, Charlie, for the investment that you've made in us, you've made in me. I, I mentioned I probably a week doesn't pass, or not many weeks have passed, where I haven't had a chance to talk to Charlie. It was either a technical question about what the heck do I do in this situation um, and, and, and help point me towards some kind of a reference. If there's not good guidance, I still need to have an idea of, of, of how to move forward, but also in helping others, helping our peers. Um, I just appreciate the investment that you have made in the organization you have made in the community that we live in, we have so many good people who are out there making investments in us. I hope we can all spend a little more time focusing on that and a little less time focusing on something that perhaps is not really as important, but a little bit easier to be critical of.
0: Thank you and, and Judge Roswell was able to do that because he knows that I have no ability to edit uh, anything, to edit any of that out. Uh, so everything you've heard has been a straight uh, interview with with no breaks and and no editing. Um, I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. Uh, your leadership was amazing and, and you are an absolute credit to the community of Mesa, a credit to Arizona, a credit to uh, elected uh um, to elected officials uh a credit to the bench uh, I, I i really wish you you had to talk you out of retiring uh for selfish reasons i i hope that you'll consider returning to us as a pro tem um, but if you choose not to i will understand and uh i do want to remain friends um for life and Thank you again for all all you have done for our bench and for our community. Thank you for the opportunity to chat today, Charlie. It's been
1: fun. All right,
0: Uh, have a great day, everybody.
1: Thank you, and everyone, thank you.
0: Now. Now. Come on. Now. Now. (laughs) Now. Now. <laughs> now. 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 <laughs> now. now. It's not now. <laughs> no. Now. No. No. <laughs> no. Thank you. No, I thank you. And again, I thank you.